0: Hey fans, this is Buddy Reed, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm Podcast.
1: Welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and via Skype is Roy.
2: You were a patient, patient man last week. I'm a very patient man.
1: It's yes. When, when in doubt, don't do anything. Um, We'll just tell people why we're skyping. So my car's in the shop, and uh, I literally this is just how brain dead I am uh, when I'm on break. So I we we talked about podcasting last night, and uh, you know things happening. We decided to do it tonight. So I packed my bags. All right, I'll be over in about 15 minutes, Roy. I'm literally walking towards my door with all the equipment and remember, oh, looking for my keys, dude. And then I'm, oh, yeah, I put my car in the shop yesterday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want to Skype this thing? (laughs) Hey, we're making it work. Dude, it's just insane. Um, But, you know, not a lot to talk about. So what we have for you today is a bunch of the leftover, uh, a bunch of the small little quips, uh, little segments of interviews that we've done. Uh, during the w- winter meetings, uh, really cool stuff. Um,
2: well, you say little. I mean, these these conversations were like fifteen, twenty minutes apiece, and then you've got you've got a couple of uh, you know, press conferences with Jace Tingler and AJ Preller and yeah. this is some interesting stuff that you've got here.
1: Yeah, lots, lots of good stuff. And you know, started off with Jason Stark, and you know, I think last episode that we talked about the winter meetings, we uh, you know we'd said, hey, we'd walked up to Jason Stark, and he you know, he was really kind, but said, I don't have time. So we really, I mean, at that moment, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna blow him off because he's, I mean,
2: they are busy. Everyone's busy. Uh, we... I was just stopped and shook my hand and you know gave me the the chance to at least say hi. Exactly. I was ha- I was happy with that. Exactly. But then we were walking in the door after that was after the Brandios interview, right? Yeah. I think it was after Brandios. We rushed back to the hotel. We walk in the door and there's Jason Stark just kind of standing there looking at his phone and. I... Yep. Hey, can i and you because you may go try to talk to somebody which wound up not happening uh but jason was kind enough to spend a couple minutes talking to me um so i asked him about his ideas the uh, that he put together for an article that he had on the athletic on how to make the winter meetings more interesting so that was a treat for me to be able to talk to somebody who's in the hall of fame
1: oh well, absolutely and then well we lost you for about 15 seconds there um Absolutely, and for him to do it, like, and I came back, and you know, I let you walk over to him and, and you know, didn't want to, like, bum-rush him with two people going, hey, what's going on? I walked over there, and then, you know, he's like, yeah, let's fu- rule five, nerds, and I'm like, yes, Jason Stark just called Roy a nerd. Like, that's
2: so cool. Um We're all nerds. We're all baseball nerds
3: here. God,
1: you know, and uh, I, so I was over at the over at the Hilton house. I, I think I was waiting for Jason, or, or for Jeff, uh, Jeff Lance of MILB. And Joshua and Samantha are co-agents for uh, Carlos Asuaje amongst other players like Jordan, uh, Jordan Guerrero. And he's like, hey, Fresno from? I know you. Are a, he said, like, I know you guys. I'm like, "Do really? Who are you? He's like, I'm Carlos Asuaje's agent. I'm like, fantastic. You want to talk to me for five minutes? He's like, yeah. This is so he approached I'm- you. Yeah, he approached me. And I was like, wow. It was kind of like when we were in the Peebo and – and the one woman comes by and goes, oh, I love you guys. We're like, we don't know you. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, wait,
2: know who we are. <laughs> it's, right? It's kind of cool.
1: And so we got about uh, about, seven, 10, about seven to ten minutes with, uh, with Josh and Sam talking about, you know, agents. And I asked Sam about, you know, being a woman in a, in a you know, male-dominated kind of profession. Um, and then also we have an interview with Dominic Lorenz, who was at the Peebo, and he was also looking for a job. And it's kind of cool because he hooked up with two people from the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes uh, who he knew that were also there looking for jobs. And uh, it was cool to have kind of him take those two people under his wing and they knew each other. So, you know, you're not hanging out in these things with people you don't know. Uh, So we talked to them for about 15 minutes and then mixing that with uh, the Jace Tingler interview and the AJ Preller interview, you got about an hour's worth of content.
2: So overall, it was a whirlwind of a week. What is your general impression of the winter meetings for the people that couldn't go there to experience it themselves?
1: Um, Even for the common fan, like last time I went, we went as fans and you walk down, like, you're like, you recognize people, you know, you're like, oh my God, that's Jim Leland. Oh, I told Steve Phillips, um, the old Phillies gym, And I think he's on baseball tonight. Now I'm like, Hey, can you, I need to get the milk for the coffee. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You know? And I didn't go, Hey, Steve Phillips. I'm like, Hey, excuse me. Like you, yeah, I'm standing in line with, you know, uh, Jason Amzinger, Amzinger and uh, Brian Kenny. They're like two people in front of me in line. Everywhere you go as a fan, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And as someone who was there to create content and actually had a purpose to be there, I thought I was really well prepared. Like I had questions for Ken Rosenthal. I had questions for national, you know, national media. I had questions for all these other people. And then you walk in, you're going, I could spend 15 minutes with that guy. I could spend an hour with that. I just came – I would just – way underprepared for anything you know what i mean <laughs> there's just so many ways you can just talk to people all day jason stark i mean we could have spent half an hour just talking baseball with jason stark if he would allow us to do that
2: yeah after I, after I turned off the record he started talking to us about will myers and the padres are they really going to attach prospects to him to trade him yeah and all of this and we started having a conversation it was almost like yeah. talking about about it and because it was funny when i saw him standing there oh, wait, there he is. I can talk to him. And then, oh, crap, what am I going to say? What am I going to ask him? What are we going to talk about? And I had to kind of rack my brain for a second to come up with something.
1: But as long as you just say, hey, how's it going? Good. And you ask him a question, it's like a starting point. You know, they just start going. Um, you know, and it's funny. It's those times, you know, talking to Josh, talking to, to Sam and, and Joshua, and talking to Jeff, all these off, kind of like off the mic, uh was much more you know they were open with the interviews and that was fantastic but they off the mic you get so much more information and just like i don't know you feel like you <laughs> really the delicious the grandeur are huge but you just you know you get to hear these people and they're talking and you're like oh my god these you know i'm you know i i guess i am a part of the media i guess you want to say you're cutting in and out there are you okay you look a little blurry
2: yeah i'm good i uh i turned off my wi-fi there um so we talked to a bunch of people. We talked to media folks. Yeah. Uh, we went over. We talked to the folks from Oakland Radio. They have a streaming service that they put their games out, and they've got like a whole podcast network that they have working together. So that was interesting talking to them about kind of new media versus old media. Um, talked to he used to work in San Diego Radio. So yeah. I just I thought that was that part was interesting, and just going around and seeing the different setups from the different media outlets, um, and. Like you said, seeing people that you recognize—that you know, maybe you've looked up to, maybe you've read their work over the years, maybe it's somebody you know you don't care for so much. But, oh, hey, there's so so and so But the thing that, that drove me nuts was seeing people and not knowing their names. There was a ball player who was walking back and forth in the in the. He was a tall guy. He had tattoos, and it's like I recognize you, but I don't know who you are.
1: Right. <laughs> You <laughs> you need the ball cap kind of like photoshopped on their head like, oh, yeah, he pitches for the Mets or or whatever. And that was was kind of cool about just being, you know, kind of just being a part of it. And I'm really grateful for the Padres for allowing us to do that. And um, we did. We got a ton of great content, you guys. Uh, the Josh Emmerich, um, he's the West Coast supervisor for scouting on on uh, on the obviously for the Padres on the West Coast. Um he scouted Joey Contillo. He uh, you know scouted Austin Hedges. Um he scouted everyone here on the West Coast that we've drafted over the past 10 years. And his conversation, like, we're gonna have him and Jason Fioli on, and we're just gonna talk rock and roll. Like he's a nice big, big rock guy. And I told him about Jason, like, dude, yeah, we're gonna have you know, we talked to Jason. He's like big into music. He's like, yeah, he met. You know, me. I think he didn't meet corn, but he like he meant Tool. I'm like, yeah, he met Tom Morello. And he's like, dude, you got to come on and we'll just do a music podcast. We won't even talk baseball. We'll just do rock and roll. And he's like, yeah, absolutely.
2: And it
1: uh, was just freaking
2: cool. And you talked to Jeff Lance, director of major of uh, minor league, director of communications for minor league baseball. Yeah. Uh- that's a separate interview we're going to have. And then we had that conversation with Brandios that was just off the hook. Yeah, so. yeah
1: you guys, the, the Brandios and I've told this to everyone that remotely will listen to me. Like, if you listen to any episode, and you're listening now, obviously, but if you listen to any episode that you want to listen to all the way through, it's those guys. Because, like, we had two mics, and, you know, they had about four beers in them each. So they were just, we're like, hey, how's it going? Hand one mic to them, and then, like, the other like Jeff would like grab the other, or Jason would grab the other mic and go like, "Oh, this is what we're doing." Blah, blah, blah. Told the story be, being the friar. I mean, it just if you listen to anything all the way through that interview, uh, it was it's the Brandyo show. Really, it really is the Brandyo show.
2: So we're going to be rolling this content out in doses yeah. over the next over the next month or so. We'll yeah. be so today we've got Jason Stark. And then uh, Josh and Sam, the agents, and then Dominic Lorenz and a couple of his friends, Jace Tingler and uh, A.J. Preller. Um, And uh, so that's what we're going to roll out today. But then in coming episodes, we'll be filtering this stuff in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jeff Lance and Josh Emmerich, Um, John Nolan. uh, I spent a fucking hour uh, just chatting with John Nolan over at the the Hilton. What a great what a solitude, right? He's such a nice guy. Um, so we have we have tons of content. There's not a lot going on in the hot stove. We're signing a bunch of minor league deals um, to players. And, you know, if you want to talk about that for a minute, it's been a little frustrating because the Padres didn't do anything during the winter meetings. And, you know, you see these guys going off the board. The, uh, you know, the trade of uh, Kluber and for very little, which I thought we should have gotten. You know, Julian, Julian Turan uh, signed today. For a one year deal. Like these are guys that we were look talking about that Preller and the podgers were talking about getting a veteran guy, yeah. wouldn't be a ton of years, a couple of years, and uh do you know one year deal with Tehran and we had the rest of those guys coming up and they're just slipping through our fingers. So I really feel that like we're done. Like unless something really crazy comes up, the Lindor stuff makes no sense to me. I don't care what anyone says, I don't like it.
2: I have breaking news. Breaking news. Announced at 7:08 p.m. Central Time, the Padres have signed right-handed pitcher Yimmy Yakabonis to a minor league contract, according to John Haynes. Breaking, breaking, breaking news! Another minor league deal. Yeah. So I mean, they signed Kyle Bearclaw the other day. They signed um, who did they? They signed uh, a guy named Chin Wei Hu which he I, who I don't remember the guy's name but he's a r- reliever he made a major league appearance with the uh, with the Rays a few years ago so it's it's kind of low level stuff right. but the interesting part of that is the team does seem to have a, good, a, a way of finding kind of people with a little bit of the uh, unlockable talent right. and then they give them to Darren ballsley and you get a waiver wire pickup that winds up becoming an okay useful reliever.
1: Right, Well, Balls is no longer with us, so it's Larry Rothschild's going to have to do the magic. And these are all depth, these are all guys in the depth. No, no, Ballsley's still around. Right, 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 right. right. But the, with the major But he's league. just a pitching coach. Ah, oh, that's right. He's in the system, so you'll probably get him in El Paso and Amarillo and all over.
2: There's not a whole lot going on in the major league side and the minor league side, you got the stuff in the Dominican and Panama and all this, but we'll talk about that next time.
1: Absolutely. Until then, you guys, check out these uh, segments, and uh, we'll talk to you later.
2: Okay, Roy here, and I happen to run into Jason Stark. Uh, Jason, I was, I've read your reading for, writing for 20 years. I appreciate what you do. Thank con- you, right.
0: Congratulations for winning the Ford C. Frick Award. No, it was just- the, the J.G. taylor Spink Award, but equally cool. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Um, so you just wrote an
2: article on The Athletic about making the whole winter uh, meetings thing more exciting. What were a couple of your ideas that, that went into that? Well, I, I, I,
0: don't, I don't want to take credit because... Uh, I surveyed a lot of people around the game to get their best ideas. I had a few, but I, had, I got so many good ones, we didn't need a lot from me. I, I, my absolute favorite was, and this came from Ned Coletti, the former Giants general manager. Uh, I'm sorry, the former Dodgers general manager and Giants assistant general manager. He, he, he proposed a winter meetings trade deadline. So, like, Tuesday, four o'clock at the meetings no more trades until february 15th but two hours later what would happen we'd have the free agent signing window would open you could talk to free agents before then but you couldn't actually sign any until 6 p.m until on that tuesday so i don't know what the record is for most transactions in one day at the winter meetings but i think we would set it if we ever did that there are lots of really cool ideas uh there was an international signing auction. That was really interesting. Right. That'll never happen, by the way. Draft, <laughs> draft lottery general managers round table because we don't ever hear from them the one that made the most sense to me was the yeah. rule five draft have the rule five
2: draft the yes. first day or right before so then everything's right. settled right now the, i don't know if you're aware the padres have three trades with a player to be named later that are open right now yeah and they I'm, can't name
0: the player to be named later after the rule five that's crazy right so start start the winter meetings with the rule five draft so everybody knows what where their roster stands it actually would produce a lot more activity than most people realize. Just the Rule 5 geeks now, right? Yeah, you and that's me. right.
2: <laughs> we pay a lot of attention to that because the Padres have been crazy active in the Rule 5 the last few years. Yeah. And now with these player-to-be-named later open, it's it's open-ended. And it, it's, it leaves this kind of uneasy feeling throughout the whole week, like what's going to happen? We don't know. We would <laughs> You're uneasy, known, are you? Well, I mean a little bit because we <laughs> care about the prospects. We want to know what's going on. So we're paying attention to these guys up in uh, Lake Elsinore. There's a Every
0: bunch of those guys. Yeah. We're kind of warm, yeah. So. Are they going <laughs> to stay or are they going to go? They want to know. All right.
2: Question yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I just wanted to stop. I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate it so much. Thank you.
0: All right, enjoyed
1: it. Thanks. So we're here at the winter meetings over at the Hilton Bayfront, and I'm walking up the escalator, and... Joshua Kuznick recognized my badge and he's like, hey, you're you're, you're a Padres fan. I'm like, yeah, I, like, I'm, I'm Friars on the Farm. How you doing? And he's walking with Samantha Newman, who's also, they're both agents. Um, Joshua as um, is a self-proclaimed self, a stand-up comic. No, I'm, um, I'm a real comic. I've right. it. I toured. I'm real. <laughs> yeah, he's a real comic, but he's <laughs> awesome in baseball. So I, I'm here with you two guys. Um, Samantha, real quick question you're a woman agent in a incredibly male dominated society and even with the sports agents pretty pretty male dominated there as well how have you navigated uh, being a woman in in you know in the sports agent business
4: very carefully i approach my clients from a more maternal situation so that i establish myself immediately as just a mom figure and someone they can count on and trust, and someone who will take care of them, you have to be very careful to keep your guard up, especially among other agents, not just your clients.
1: Right. I've, I've talked to a, a couple of the women that have worked at the Peabo that have you know worked in minor league baseball, and a lot of the comments they get are like, "Oh, you're just here to find a boyfriend, or find a hero or find a husband." And they are they make it very clear, like, "I'm here to do a job. I want to be in minor league baseball. I want to be in baseball." That's what I'm here for. Exactly. Um, so, Joshua, you you um, you represent a guy we've talked to on the podcast, and Jordan Guerrero. Yes, I love Jordan. We love Roy, and I love Jordan Guerrero. He was super sweet to us up in Lake Elsinore. Um, how has it been for you getting clients, or for the both of you guys getting clients, finding clients? How do you guys kind of reach? How do you reach out to those guys? You just find them in high school or in college?
5: I, uh, I actually knew the scout who drafted Jordan, and um he gave me a heads up like you should look at this guy and I went to go look at him and uh, I got Jordan's info I spoke to him and he ended up hiring me after the draft because he didn't have a an agent through the process and I've been his agent ever since and he's been great he actually is funny out of out of junior college he was actually projected to get drafted as a hitter Uh, I don't know if people know this but he probably has more raw power than anybody in the Padres system it's true
1: well, you know, and I've been to a couple – uh, got to Lake early enough to watch batting practice, but they only have the starting pitchers. Like. Jordan
5: Jordan has more power than anybody in that, in that <laughs> No, if he, if he didn't – I've talked to AJ about it and Sam Gini. If uh, if Jordan didn't make it as a pitcher, they would have converted him to a first baseman. Yeah, he, he's a he's big boy and coachable, and that's a huge thing with uh, – Very coachable. What a plus-plus makeup guy. And i uh, has been through a lot. His dad was sick last year, and he's doing a lot better now. And um, Jordan's – Yeah, he recovered last year. Jordan had to go through a lot of stuff off the field um, out of his control with just dealing with real-life stuff, and he was able to get past all of it and was on the verge of, of being a very
1: good big leaguer. Absolutely. Uh, so, real quick before I even say this, I'll say this on the air. Like, please tell him we say hello. Please yeah. send our love. to text him. The boys from the Friars on the Farm are like, we're pulling for you. Um, Maybe he'll still be a Padre next week. Who knows? Well, and that's a big question. So, tomorrow's a rule for No, today. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Today, I'm getting my days mixed it's up. All, <laughs> it all works together. So, um, so you have Jordan Gouraud that could be in the bubble because he was left unprotected. Yes. Um, who else um, on your uh, list of clients are... On the bubble, or who do you cover? I'm,
5: I'm busy this week because uh, your old friend, Carlos Asuahe, yeah. uh, is a free agent. He's back from Korea. Yeah. And I'm shopping. And we, ac- we actually, in 20 minutes, are going to meet with Napone from Japan okay. for, for Los. That's why we're here. That's why we ran into you. So um, we're trying to figure out what's best for him. He's in the Dominican right now. I've had talks with a bunch of teams regarding Carlos coming back. I mean, I've, obviously, I've talked to AJ. So we'll, yeah. s- we'll see.
1: I, I would love for him to come back to San Diego. He loves it here. Right. Well, who wouldn't love to play for San Diego? Um, I saw him playing in, what What team was he, Escojito? Escojito. Escojito, where uh, Jace Tingler, the Padres new right, manager right, right. from, where, where Josh Mayer played. So it, was, it would have almost been kind of nice if he did re-sign with the Padres in some minor league capacity yeah.
5: depth, depth position. There's, there's a chance, especially, I, I, I mean, got to identify that a few weeks ago when they traded Urias. So, I mean, Carlos has no hard feelings for the club. They were great to him. Um, it wasn't his choice to leave. He right. went to Texas, and then he, we got a deal in Korea because that was better than him going to the minors with, with Texas, potentially. So uh, he came back from Korea, uh, signed with the Diamondbacks, didn't work out there, and is a free agent now. And uh, excited to see what this week's going to bring for him. I think uh, I think he's going to have a really good bounce back year, and currently he's leading the uh, Dominican League in everything, even though it's like 10
1: days. Right. He's playing great. Um, Do you also do any of his dealings with his gaming company? I uh, not yes, all oh, right. <laughs> I just stumped the agent. No, yeah. no, I, I
5: <laughs> yes, it's just it's complicated. It's complicated. Because we, we, we started an esports company, and I'm actually doing less baseball work now, so I can go work in esports My, okay. myself and Samantha. Excellent, we're doing a lot more esports up now. I have nothing to do with motivate gaming, but Carlos and I work on esports with other stuff together, and uh, it's amazing. He actually. It's it's insane to think of this. He was a, he's a two sport athlete in in these in this world because yeah because of the esports right. PlayStation um, Sony gave him like fifty grand last year to be an ambassador for him. And really, he made more money than like big league all stars off the field by doing that. Yeah, I mean I told them like, hey, we represent these all stars,
1: and they're like, no, we want a Swahe. I'm like, right. oh my god, that's awesome. And it's a big business, you know. It's funny. Yesterday, I was here on Sunday, and uh, over at the Convention Center, I accidentally walked into a Pokemon tournament, you know. <laughs> and there were adult men in like softball uh-huh. type jerseys, yep. like going to play Pokemon, and it's you know esports, <laughs> e gaming, all this, all, all yep. this new format. Uh, Blake form Snell of, does it. It is is huge, right? Wh- which which you know begs my next question is like have you now told him to be mindful? And that means necessarily with him being mindful of what he says, but, like, these guys are coming on, they're they're going on, was it Twitch? Yes, Twitch. On Twitch, you know, they're streaming this stuff live. Yep. And, but they're talking to their buddies. Yep. And so they're saying stupid stuff like, I can't believe we're doing comms
5: in I, September
1: or, like, I seem to remember slapstick. The-
5: I seem to remember the Padres had some issues with this with Carlos streaming a few years ago.
1: Well, I don't think we had an issue with Carlos streaming. <laughs> no, I think it wasn't his fault. <laughs> it was it was you know who he had on there was Will Myers.
5: That and was I, I I laughed and then was concerned afterwards. I was concerned because I had to help fix that.
1: Right, but who doesn't who, who doesn't complain about their boss? Believe me, I got a day job, and yeah, me too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and who but. But you know, when it becomes a professional athlete, it you know there's there's the whole media attention and. What's remarkable is Blake Snell only has nine
5: thousand Twitch followers, which is an egregiously low number. Really? And somehow one of those people thought to be like, "Oh, this is a big deal." A John Boy, I guess. John Boy. I was on his podcast yesterday.
1: Oh, nice! I was on it a year ago. I love those guys. Yeah, he he was the one who tweeted that out. Um, but I want to talk to you, Samantha, for a little bit. What um? And you got what? Woo! they were not a timer. I got no, like it's not t- the no, timer. No, no, oh a text message. Okay. okay. Any breaking news on a hey, podcast man. that'll post yeah, like maybe. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Samantha, who else do you who else do you represent?
4: Uh, Josh and I represent the guys together. Okay. But um, I'm working with Milton Ramos in Colombia right now, and Max, Max Bert, Mickey Gasper, Chris Dula. So a lot of minor league guys. Okay. Reggie, Reggie McLean with the Mariners. So. St- me,
1: thank you <laughs> so um god you know sam uh let's talk about those guys you yeah, know it's like we're
4: working, for oh, working with reggie is fantastic
1: well you know so do you run into and you don't say names or whatever do you run into athletes that demand more i want more i mean are you buying batting gloves are you buying bats what are you guys doing to like support uh those guys no matter because i know they don't get paid a lot
4: exactly we take care of most of their equipment for them And we do our best to get as many free items as possible. That's part of what we do here at the winter meetings is going around to the equipment companies and seeing exactly what kind of a deal they can get to help these guys out.
1: So is the trade show kind of a big thing for you? Do you guys get, I haven't been in there yet, so I don't know if it's just batting cages and whatnot.
4: Um, There's a lot there that goes beyond our realm. You know, a lot of scoreboard stuff, a lot of stadium equipment. But the the equipment companies are here, whether they're set up at the trade show or not, they're all here.
1: Okay, well, hey, guys, I know you're a busy... You good?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So so when a lot of the players I see on, on Instagram and Twitter, they'll post pictures of, you know, oh, this company gave me food or this company gave me gear, thanks for whatever, whoever, do you set that up or is that them you know, directly? Is it a little bit of both?
4: That little bit of both, but it's usually us. We have one client, Austin Schulfer, that is amazing at going out and getting himself endorsement deals. And he also has over eleven thousand Twitter followers or Instagram followers and then ins- so he's, he's amazing at self-marketing, but the rest of the guys, that's something that he helps us help them with, so he's been helping out the entire agency with that stuff.
1: So, when you so, you know, I was around when, when Steven Strasburg signed yesterday, and I was over in the press room yesterday, and the guys, you know, you can see Boris coming down the street, because there was more people around that guy than a third-world dictator, right. and... <laughs> um, do you feel, you know, is it hard for you guys to get clients? Some of the higher name clients, you know, I, I'm not sure the names that you guys just named, um, when they're getting gobbled up by the larger, by the larger creative agency. I think it's, you know, the Boris agency.
5: No, I don't. It's just it depends on a uh, player's personality and fit with the person that's working for him. We all do the same job. Like we literally right. all do the exact same job. It just comes down to who's remotely competent and isn't going to piss you off dealing with them. I mean, Scott's great for a reason. I mean, I yeah. don't like when agents are like, ah, it's terrible. Blah, blah. Shut up. We all wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for that guy. Um, but, I mean, it's a concern when you work for a guy for a while and they don't know anything else, and then Scott Worse meets them after they're good. And I it's like, all right, that, this is a concern. But, you know, it, it works out. It's hit or miss. Sometimes guys stay. Sometimes guys leave. We're all replaceable
1: in baseball right R- last question so do you guys like in minor league baseball it's always like hey it works for this affiliate it'll work for you guys is there any best practices are you guys kind of go around your own very entities separate under yourself like this is working for us i'm not going to tell fred over here or is that more like the, the agents and agencies that you guys like hey we found doing this works or we just
4: yeah. i mean every agency runs their business on their own it's okay. really competitive, so we're not going to share our proprietary stuff with another agency, but we are friendly with other agents. And, you know, if, if we see that there's a Spanish-speaking player that's really great and neither one of us speaks Spanish, sure, we'll give a heads-up to our friend that does speak Spanish and only represents Spanish-speaking athletes. Oh, interesting. So there's, there's those kinds of relationships for sure.
5: But I would certainly say that, um, like, you know, I'm in Florida. If there was another agent in Florida... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to help him. Like, if there was a building burning, I'd, I'd maybe call for help. But, right. like,
1: I would, like, lock the, I would lock the door behind me. <laughs> call me through your car. Yeah,
5: I just, <laughs> I just, like, it's like, oh, there's an agent in the building and it's burning. It's like, yeah, but the door's locked. Just call for help.
1: <laughs> a lot of agents come from the law profession or... No,
5: neither of us. Neither? No, I was a scout. I, I uh... Funny story. Um, I used to sell autographs, and uh, when I was a kid, and I'd go to hotels and minor league games, and I'd get autographs, and yeah. kind of taught myself how to scout before the internet. And then one of those games, a guy from the White Sox was impressed by me, and uh, gave me his card. And then when I got to college the next year, and I was 19, he helped me uh, get into bird dog scouting. And I asked him one day. It was a very pivotal moment. I go. Uh, so, like, if I find the next Babe Ruth, how much money do I get? And he's like, you get your salary. I'm like, well, how do I get the money? And he goes, you got to be an agent. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do that. And I quit. And then as the first player I ever signed got to the big leagues. So I was I was actually the youngest certified agent in history for a while. Sam, Sam sorry, Samantha, how would you get your start?
4: I started out working in trading cards. So my job was to negotiate autograph deals with the agents. Yes, and Yeah, and to travel around and actually get the autographs from the players themselves. So through that, I was able to meet every agent in every industry and most of the athletes. And then (laughs) I worked with the NBA pretty closely. And (laughs) Josh always has me brag about this one. I was uh, the corporate liaison to Kobe Bryant for two years with Panini. So I was flying out to see him once a month to do private signings.
1: So you can lend me like 50 bucks to buy lunch here? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really appreciate the time, you guys. Running into you. Good luck with the Nippon baseball, guys. Thank you so Um, much. Godspeed, and we'll talk soon.
4: Sounds good. Thank Thank you.
1: you. Well, I'm here at the winter meetings with... An old friend, a very uh, a trusted ally, uh, Absolutely. For, former uh, employee, Dominic Lorenz from the Lake Snow Storm. Absolutely. How's it going, Donovan? Fantastic. I, I
6: appreciate you taking the time here. And unfortunately, it, our well, it's unfortunate that you have to be here looking for a job. Yeah, I know it's a tough one. You know, after the storm, well, double unfortunates here. The storm uh, falling to the Visalia Rawhide and the Cal League Championship. It was a great season for the storm. Not to sidebar a little bit, but it was a a great year. And, uh, you know, after after some time in Lake Elsinore, some management changes, and it was just the right time to kind of head on out and try to find a new job as a play-by-play, either number one or number two job. And it just seemed like the right time. And it's a double bonus that the winter meetings are here in San Diego this year. So, for me, pack up the car and get a hotel room and only have to drive an hour and a half. I don't have to fly anywhere. So that saves right. me a couple
1: hundred <laughs> right. bucks in, in that regard. Which is very, very interesting kind of segue there because we have with us...
7: Megan Garcia.
1: And? And Alex Naveca. They're from... Where Where are you from, Megan?
7: I'm from Ontario, California, and I worked with the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes.
1: Oh, Quakes. So so you yeah. so, But you drove down here, and that's what, a yeah. two-hour drive? Hour and a half. Hour and a half, okay. And... My drive was only two hours. I'm from Norwalk, California. Oh, so from Norwalk. All right. Okay. Well, so then you guys. Well, I talked to people that came up from Chicago. Another guy came from Ontario, I think, to Ontario, Canada. Uh, to, but to
6: real quick, go back to you, uh, Dominic. This was your first. That was your first organization, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I started with the Storm in 2017 as a broadcast intern, and then stayed on 2018, 19 as that media relations broadcast right. intern, and also doing ticket sales and promotions on the field. You name it. Like I say here at the Winter Meetings, you wear a lot of hats, and yeah. that's where I did, you know, the last three years with Lake Elsinore. So it's
1: time to fly the coop,
6: anyway. Exactly.
1: Well, fantastic. So, how has it been going for you? How how has your interviews been? How has your experience really been helpful to some of the attendees that that are attending here?
6: You know what? For this being my first Winter Meetings, I think it's a really good experience. You you know, you're networking a lot. You're meeting a lot of not only f- fellow job seekers but employers of different minor and major league teams, and just essentially striking up a conversation. Yes, it could be about baseball, but it could be about the environment that that team's in. So if it's you know, Lake Elsinore, and what's the environment around Lake Elsinore, around the front office, or Rancho Cucamonga, or just different other places you know, across America where these 100-plus minor league teams are? Yeah,
1: 100, 162. Mm-hmm. We won't go into anything past that right there. <laughs> that's, for, that's for me and Jeff Lance to talk about. Uh, Megan, so, so you came from the Quakes. Are you from that area?
7: Not originally. I'm more from the L.A. area.
1: Okay. So did you go work for the Quakes? Uh, did you move to Rancho Cucamonga to work for the Quakes?
7: No. Like, it was just a family move. So we moved to okay. Ontario about a couple years ago. And I actually started off as a game day employee. So I was working in the team store. And then from All there, right. I met Mike Linscock, who's the voice of the Quakes. And we just stayed in touch. And then last year, I entered for them.
1: Are you a Dodger fan? I am. Okay. So this interview is over. No,
7: Right
1: Every affiliate No no Well so uh, So what You know let's talk about that for a second So what as a fan So did you get a team store job Because you just wanted to sell merchandise How did you get involved in minor league baseball
7: It was actually a calculated move I figured you know Why not not start from the ground up with the Quakes So I just figured Work there is game day Meet someone Like get me in contact with Mike Anyone And that actually happened And then Mike and I stayed in touch And then I was with the Quakes
1: Are, Are you bilingual I am so, did you help with any of the Latin players with maybe any uh, translation or any like we had a, we had uh, we had our translator there for i haven't eaten all day, so I'm losing my brain. Um, did you do any of that?
7: I did actually I helped a lot a lot with interviews and whatever like first pitch that we needed, like Darren Unias, he was our number one guy for catching the first pitch, and he's from the, the Dominican Republic, so we it, for him, it was just you know. He was also just a great guy, so he didn't know English so whenever we wanted him, I would always have to go and say, "Can you just please come and catch?" so that was our thing
1: and you use that you've let these teams know that you have that skill and that you've have and you have that experience
7: oh 100% that's the thing that I lead with I always say I'm a bilingual like media relations assistant right. anything like that and that usually gets your attention
1: and I'm sure also when around to cook among there's a large Hispanic community there so you can also translate between just for fans
7: oh 100% and that's exactly what I did for two seasons was just translating for our fans Ooh, you're
1: hiring material Exactly. let's hear about Alexander
8: hey Donovan can I throw you a uh, change up real quick or even a curveball yes you can if you could I'm bilingual as well.
1: Oh, fantastic. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, yeah, well, you never know. Naveja. Naveja. Where did you, so you you came, you're from Norwalk. Did you do any,
8: have you, what interests you into coming into
1: minor league baseball?
8: So I actually got my interest from Mike Linscog as well from the ranch Cucamonga Quakes. Okay. He actually interviewed me for the number two broadcast position last year, but unfortunately due to my availability, I was doing play-by-play for Long Beach State at the time. So nice. the focus was a little bit more on there and trying to get more experience before I move into just uh, doing minor league baseball. So I wanted to have a presentable reel, but um, I stayed in touch with Mike and I uh, along the way, I met some other guys from the Cal League. I, um, I wanted to meet Sean McCall, I've actually reached out to him a couple of times. Sean
1: McCall here, yes, in Lake <laughs> Gulf North storm Yeah, we love Sean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I love about Sean, real quick, is he? He is sassy when it comes to the. Where was that ball?
8: Uh, where was that
1: strike umpire?
8: I don't know. I love that he's sassy. But go on. We're, uh, I've actually worked with Jason Schwartz what a small world when I went to Long Beach State I was working for the radio station there and Jason Schwartz is actually the voice of the men's basketball team so okay. I was working alongside with him and once I saw Lancaster Jet Hawks the media relations and broadcaster Jason Schwartz is it the Jason Schwartz but it was the Jason Schwartz so I I got in touch with him I said hey uh, you don't happen to be the, the Lancaster Jet Hawks broadcaster are you and he said yes I am I like, oh wow so we just reset that communication as hey, we've been working together for two years, but we've never seen each other's face because of radio. So what a small world it is. <laughs>
1: we all have a face in radio. Well, and that's, <laughs> that's interesting because
8: it's a small community.
1: And, you know, not only for you guys that kind of know it firsthand, but a lot of the attendees here that are here for the first time, bright-eyed, bush you right out of college, they, you know, when they say it's a small world, you guys can go like, yeah, like I knew that guy that worked there, now he works over here. And... So it really goes a long way with uh, contacts in and being a good employee. Like anywhere you go, if you're if you're a bad employee, it doesn't matter. Like if you're a bad employee, he might have went and said, "No, not that guy." <laughs> but you sound just like him. It's not me, you know. But you may be in a good employee or whatever um, that you have that connection. And wherever they go, you'll know, and you know you'll have you'll have a contact there. And that's just it's just a beautiful thing I love about minor league baseball. Is it's such the family orientated kind of mindset, like when I go to Lake Hill Snow storm, it might be, you know, it might be Dominic going to get me a player or it might be Alex, who was the Alex Ortiz, um, or, or someone else like, yeah, I'll go get a player Cause I'm a guy. I can walk into the clubhouse. Um, it, it's just like the, the many hats, uh, many professions and many kind of, I don't know, just for someone that wants to grab content. It's great to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
8: what else so so what interviews have you had here and where are you looking at? so right now i haven't had any interviews just yet i do have two that are going to be scheduled um, within these next two days i'm hoping one of them one of them's already in the books it's like it's already scheduled we're already going to get it done another one we've been discussing about interviews we just haven't really set a set a time or like a place yeah so that's still a little bit in the works but right now just trying to be like dominic right now and uh, just trying to get at least a number two spot somewhere as a broadcaster a play-by-play and you know what uh, I want to be like Dominic. Right. Want, I want to, you know, I want to be like that.
1: Nate?
7: <laughs> For me, my biggest thing was networking because like, it, like you said, it's a very small world. So I want to know that world a little bit more. Like my, the only people I know is just from the Cal League. So I just want to broaden that and know people from different lengths. And like with these two dudes, like I knew Dominic. Yeah. We worked together, obviously, like in the Cal League. Yeah. And we actually both went to school together and worked on the same paper. At Cal State Fullerton,
1: you're you're Triton or no no we're not Whoa, sorry there. Hold on, Whoa. Whoa.
6: no,
1: what Whoa. <laughs> I just missed that quote.
6: Easy sir, Triton Titans Titans. Okay, you got the T right. Well, this is this is defensive right now.
1: I work at UCSD, so UCSDs so are the Tritons. It's the Titans. Correct. R- real quick, go back to Megan. So so, as a woman. How do you feel like you need to work harder? How do you feel like being a woman in such a male-dominated kind of space?
7: I feel like I have to be more professional. Like, I can't, I feel like I don't have the same, maybe, luxury as joking off. Like, especially with the players, like, I don't want to be seen as a problem around them. Like, with the Quakes, I would, I, like, I knew the players and, like, we got along very well. But I also made sure I never got in their way. Right. So I would always stand in the photo while just, like, staying on my phone. Because I also did Twitter for the Quakes. Okay. I ran their Twitter. And so I...
1: I will fo- Well, I follow the Quakes, too, and I always... Not retweet, but I always like a lot of your stuff. I like a lot of the money stuff, but I will Thank now you. pay more attention.
7: Yeah, so with them, I, I just... I try to just keep to myself. I never wanted to disturb them or anything. Cause I didn't want to seem like a problem. Okay. Yeah. And it's just trying to keep out of everyone's way. And obviously, like, trying to keep it professional and kind of... It's, the Cal Lake was very lonely because there's not a lot of women. Like yep. Jill Guerin, she's the play-by-play broadcaster for the Visalia Rawhide. Yeah. And so when I first met her, it was like, oh, my God, like, thank God there's someone else here. So, like, we clicked right away. And with everyone else, like, the guys are super nice, super yeah. friendly. But, again, it is a pretty lonely world. So just trying to keep it bright and shiny and...
1: So, so in Lake Elsinore, the uh, you know the press box is right next to the visiting uh, broadcast booth. And when the Vasilia came through, I followed her on Twitter. I followed Vasilia obviously on Twitter, uh, you know, and I tweeted her like, "You rock!" And it says Freres on the Farm," and she saw She goes, "Like, she thought it was just some like creepy guy." I don't know. And I'm like, I, "We love you, you know." And, and for, for me, it's someone, I, I want to see more women in the in the business. You have minor league umpires that are women, uh, and. There's, there's value with having women in, in baseball because you guys think differently. And, you know, us men think a certain way and women have a different way of thinking. And I think minor league baseball needs that flexibility, needs that infusion of, of ideas and creativity that, um, you know, that, that we're not shackled. Well, we're, we're men. We're shackled by our own brains. But, uh, you know, glad to see that you're getting in the business and staying in the business. Dominic?
6: I did social media, too, for Lake Elsinore.
1: Yes, and I locked and retweeted everything. Oh, <laughs>
6: now we're getting into quakes for a story. We're bringing up the past in the present. Oh, my gosh. It's happening. Well, my right.
1: quick question to you guys. Um, yeah. So being in the Cal League, do do you feel superior to other leagues because it never snows here? Like the Sally you know, like, I don't know. In some of the other leagues, it snows, and there's weather, and, you know, it's, it's not
6: California. No, you know, okay. 2019 was a different breed because we, had bad rain. we did have yeah. bad rain. That is true. And Lake Elsinore, I believe, I don't know if we have it on, if they have it on record, but I believe we set a record for the amount of times we actually unrolled the tarp, discounting the ritual preseason. Yeah. Let's practice the tarp roll if we ever need right. it. We pulled it out five times. That is like a record. Three of them, it never rained. So that's just we're freaking out because we're Californians here in the California League but you know besides the weather factor I don't think I feel superior because you know the Cal League is only eight teams Yeah, you know four in the north four in the south used to be ten minus you know Bakersfield and high desert Uh, may they rest in peace Uh. love the Mavs we love them all but if you think about it I think with eight teams I think I don't want to say it gives you an advantage but it gives you more of an insight because it's a tight-knit league. You know, the Midwest League has so many teams and the Southern League has so many teams. I think in Cal League you get to know everybody so at least within the broadcast and media relations I got to know all the broadcasters. I got to know all their media relations people and even some of their interns and it's just kind of a tighter-knit group and you get to learn a lot and share a lot of ideas and, you know, I saw a lot what uh the you know what the quakes did on twitter so we got to use that and at the time you know media relations leader for the for the storm last year matt rodriguez we would kind of sit down and look what other teams were doing and say hey maybe we should you know do something like this or a variation of this because it worked for them well let's see if it works for us and in minor league baseball in general i think it's we're in the business of sharing we're not stealing things we're sharing and because if it helps one team can it possibly help our team? Yeah. So I think in the California League, you really get that epitome, especially with those eight teams. You
1: know, and it's funny because uh, I went to the, well, we were at the the, the All Star game and talking to Steve Peel, the assistant general manager of the Inland Empire. Um, I was talking to him about people and he's like, yeah, yeah, I really like the, the Storms' social media. Like, I can't remember their GM's name, but he's like, our, you know, my boss says we really need to do more, you know, social media like the Storm do. And I'm like, that's excellent. Well, then you talk to Dominic about that or, you know, talk to those guys about that. But in that's the, the family kind of atmosphere amongst teams that are you know competing against each other. But as businesses and as an industry, working together works for the for better. Uh, we just I just got off of um, I, I talked to David Bradley, who is the partial owner of the uh, Isotopes, the Albuquerque Isotopes. And man, was he a feisty owner. Um, but he talked about that. He's like, the thing I love about minor league baseball is You know, everywhere you go, it's I win or you lose. Are you losing? I win. It's black or white. In in minor league baseball, if one works, if something works for one affiliate, it works for all affiliates. Or it can work for all affiliates. And you guys are more eager to share that information, which I think is really cool. Well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me. Um, I'm going to grab all your Twitter
6: handles if you want to give your Twitter shout outs uh, for people to follow you. I get to go first. First Go ahead. Uh, So for me, first name Dominic, last name Lorenz. And on Twitter, it's at SportsMouth95.
7: All right. My Twitter is at GarciaMegan underscore. And I tweet a lot about sports, a lot of Spanish stuff. That's good. And a lot of TV because that's really the only three things I do.
1: Okay.
8: Well, this is Alex Naveca, and my Twitter is at um, AlexJ, and then it's Naveca, N-A-V, as in Victor, E-J-A. And my Twitter, I'm usually doing it about my Cal State San Marcos stuff, and I know you're going to hate me right now because you're UC San Diego. Uh-oh.
1: We are. Uh, yeah, we're going uh, D one. We're going D one really oh, soon. I know
8: you're, you're. moving away, so it doesn't matter. You guys can. You guys have bragging rights. We're <laughs> D one now. You, we're not in the CCAA no more.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. That, well, I really appreciate you guys uh, talking to me. Thank you so much.
8: Thank you so much for having us on.
1: I want to tell you about my friend, Dr. Travis Ehlers, a certified sports chiropractic physician. 14 years in the business. He specializes in sports injuries and in prevention. He works with high school, college, and several local professional athletes, including athletes at the U.S. Olympic Center in Chula Vista. He goes to the NFL Combine every year. Uh, he'll fix you up. God, he he fixed me up. And really, to this day, I I really credit him for not only saving my, my rec baseball career, but my work career because I run around the kitchen all day and you can't do it with a sciatica or you can't do it with bad hips and you can't do it with a you know with a spine out of adjustment. So give him a call at 844-627-4763. I'll go to com. That's D-R-T-R-A-V-I-S-E-H-L-E-R-S.com and make an appointment today. Takes all insurances, takes mine. He's sure he'll take yours as well.
3: Thank you. Um the second one, you know, you have a great players in the team. Um, is that part of you know good reason you know, to take this job Yeah, I think that was the probably the, the, the most important thing that we were looking for is, you know, a chance to at least I was looking for a chance to be Ultra competitive on the field, a chance to play meaningful baseball uh, in the month of September, and uh, you know a chance to get to the World Series and, and win the World Series. So uh, the the roster over here, uh, not only at the major league level, but uh, the work that's been done uh, by people in this organization uh, up and down through through the minor leagues. It uh, I, I just had the feeling that uh, we we're in a position maybe to to compete. Uh, for, a, for, for a good period of time.
2: What do you think you still need rever? Where, where
3: I think we're always looking for balance. Um, I'm really happy with uh, a lot of the acquisitions and, and uh, moves that have been made primarily the, the week before um you know whether you're talking you know pomerantz and davies and and profar and fam and grisham and and uh so so i still think we're we're a work in progress um you know the the, the truth is is uh we're, we're going to need you know players uh that are whether they're coming in or whether they've um been here in the past there are going to be areas that we have to improve if we want to play. Um, you know playoff baseball, and I think the good thing is we've got the players uh, that are capable of doing it. What are your strengths, Ross? Um, I don't think enough people talk about uh, some of the pitching depth and and, and the starting pitching. Uh, we're going to need some breaks. We're going to need some good health. I'm I'm excited about whether it's Paddock, whether it's Lamette, whether it's Richards, uh, Davies, uh, Luke Casey, Quantrell. Um, I'm excited about some of the depth, whether we're talking, uh, Maury or Bolaños or, or Baez, and we haven't even gotten to, uh, Goran Patino. Um, uh, I like what's going on with the bullpen. Obviously Kirby Yates, what he's been able to do the last couple of years, Pomerantz, um, you seen what, what, what he did when he went to the bullpen with Milwaukee down the stretch. Um, uh, the power arm and Munoz, Strom. I'm leaving guys off as well, uh, so I'm kind of excited for some of the the, the pitching depth. And, uh, you know, you look up, you know, throughout the, with, with a pitching depth and you look up, uh, um, the infield defense, uh, I I think it's our goal. We should be the best, uh, infield defense in the game of baseball, Uh, whether it's, you know, Machado and Tatis and, you know, we've got to get pro far. He's got to get back on track, especially with his throwing and, and, and Hosmer defensively at first. Um, I think we've got really good range. We've got good hands. We've got good decision makers and, and, um, you know, so between the, the pitching and the defense, those are kind of two areas that, I, that, that I'm that i hoping we're going to be pretty strong in.
0: Speaking of the pitching depth, was made about having an established guy, a number one, you know, a Scherzer, a Cole, something like that. Is that overblown in baseball circles? Or does it really, really make a big difference to have that stop across that
3: rotation? And I, I think each team's built a little bit different. I mean, y- you can make an argument that, uh, you know, Garrett Richards being an – when I saw him at at, at Anaheim, he was uh, not only was one of the dirtiest pitchers that our hitters would come back talking about it. You could argue is he a number one? Is he a number two? Um, Lamette uh, is uh, as filthy as uh, can be at times. Um, Paddock is, is is working towards that. So look, we're we're going to need some breaks. We're going to need some some good health along the way. And and uh, I think like the the main message is with, with all the guys, you know, we're, we're going to be asking them to prepare each day. Day, to work each day, uh, to be active, whether it's in the gym, to take care of uh, everything that they got to do before the day, and we're going to be looking for guys to take steps forward in their progress. In
0: the what are the first primary first year in the organization and first year as a manager? What do you most want to college to be now in spring training and to feel
3: comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I want to continue to meet with players, whether that's one-on-one or one-on-four in groups. I want to, I want to establish, uh, you know, just better relationships with those guys, uh, whether that's on the phone or whether that's traveling to see, um, if there's anything that we can get done, uh, continue to stay in contact. I want to make their experience when they go to spring training and, uh, whether I'm on the field or in the clubhouse, I want it to be as comfortable for them, um, you know, we've been traveling around, I think, the the, the month of December. The, most of the guys are they're working on their speed. They're working on their agility. Uh, they're working in the weight room. They're getting stronger. They're getting more flexible, all those things. Uh, what's exciting is when it starts to shift to baseball skill, the month of January and December, is they start hitting. They start throwing. They start working on their defense. And so, um, you know, the, the next two months, we want to continue to see that progression as we lead to spring training. What are the
1: duties of the associate manager?
3: Yeah, uh, basically, um, my right hand man, Skip, is uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaning on him for a lot of things, uh, whether that's in game strategy, uh, whether that's the work that is done with the players um, uh, before the game, if that's game planning, scheduling, um, I'm gonna be relying on a team, uh, not just Skip, but it's gonna be all members of the staff, whether that's Larry, uh, whether that's Bobby. Uh, Bobby D. Um am you know, gonna be going from all across the uh, the board and that's the one thing that I ask out of that group. Um, is that they fire their ideas, especially in the game. Uh I like I like hearing um uh thoughts. I like I I, I can process information and make a call, but uh, um, it's it's a group of confident men that's not gonna be uh, afraid to express their thoughts and what they're seeing in the game.
0: Jace, with the addition of the twenty six man roster spot, particularly with the player development background, how is that gonna affect not only how you mm-hmm. operate the major roster, mm-hmm. just
3: parallelization, maybe an for the pure speed guy or the pure looking guy that have an habit? Yeah, we're we're not there. We we haven't really talked strategy on how to use that that 26 guy right now. We're um um that that'll probably be a couple weeks down. And and then obviously we're going to want to see the guys uh in in spring training. So um, we we haven't really talked strategy, but it does give you a lot of open in this. Do you want a defensive guy? Do you want a, a bat coming in and off the bench, whether that's left right handed? Um, you know, somebody to steal a base, somebody to play specifically uh, defensively. It gives you a lot of flexibility. Do you want to think about carrying a third catcher? Um, we haven't been in deep discussion quite yet on exactly what route we want to go.
0: Chase, it's been quite a while before you started. Nine and one. And then you get the call. This
3: is, this is what you're business for you. In that sense, yeah, it was uh, it was exciting. Uh, being, being with that Escohedo team, that was uh, quite frankly, and you know, since been in been in pro ball since two thousand three, that was it was a short period of time, but it was it, it was one of the, the the funnest moments or times I've had in uh, baseball. The way the group was playing down there, the energy. Um, the guys were rocking and rolling. And then, so, you know, to get the call, I was basically in the third inning of a game. Um, you know, you get the call and, uh, you're, you're completely overwhelmed. Took about a minute. I dropped to my knees and, um, you, know, you get up, you, you accept the job, and uh, I still had six more innings to go manage. And then, obviously, you get on a plane and, and go out. So I'm super grateful for, for the opportunity being over there. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for uh, the way the Dominicans, not only the the, the players, the staff, uh, the people treated me over there. Um, and uh, I, I'll be going back there shortly. Um a, to see some of the players uh, that, that are with the Padres, and also to check back in with some of the Escojito guests. Every day I follow the uh, – I'm still on the, the the text line. I'm getting updates on who's off the roster, who's on, and then I watch the highlights every day on YouTube. So, yeah.
0: One of Machado's, um, one of Machado's uh, former
3: teammates said that when he is motivated, he is the unquestioned best player in baseball. How do you see yourself as a motivator, and how is your relationship with him coming along as a Uh, I've had, uh, good connections with Manny, you know, uh, two times, um, you know, obviously saw him out here on the, on on the Jersey reveal. Um, and I would agree with, uh, that take when, when, when he's locked in and he's ready to play, he's arguably the, the, uh, you know, one of the best players in the game. Um, how I see myself as a motivator. Um, I don't know if I do. Uh, I, I, I think Manny, um from my discussions with him, is ready to go this year. Um, he's out there in Miami working like right now. And, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, myself or other staff members, um, we're going to be down there a little bit checking in. Uh, it's a fine line. I uh, want to certainly respect everybody's offseason. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we want for me personally, I just want to continue for the, for the relationship to grow and, and just some, some, uh, small frequent, you know, check-ins. So, uh, I'm excited about where, where, where Manny's going, what he's going to do this year for sure. With the additional
1: staff, uh, what is Glenn Hopkins going
3: to do? Yeah, he's going to help out with some of the infield and obviously the, uh, the, the third base, uh, coaching duties. And it's, it's good having Glenn, somebody experienced over there. Um, I think uh, there, there's a lot of hard jobs in the game. I think uh, the third base uh, coaching box can be one of the most stressful and and uh, hardest positions in the game. And so, uh, being able to rely on his experience and all his time over there and making good decisions and and uh, hopefully he, uh, you know, he he's a coach that is uh, ha- has a tired arm because we're getting on base and we're scoring runs. So it's it's comforting to have uh, hi- him over there for sure.
0: And going back to uh, Goran and how much? Does having them waiting in the wings
3: affect your starting pitching rotation plans going forward? Uh, I, I don't think it, it affects it. I think the, the most important thing is going to be their development. Um, so, you know, n- not to speak on what their plans are in spring training, but uh, I do know our, our group thinks what is important is their continued progression and development going forward. And and uh, if they continue to make progress, obviously they're, they're ultra-talented uh, but we'll, we'll rely on, uh, you know, a pretty big group up there that has a lot of eyes on them that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting with them, working with them on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll trust that group when they're starting to knock on the door and get close.
5: And with your experience with minors, how do you define major league readiness?
3: Um, it, are you talking pitching? Are you talking... Um... You know, position players. Uh, I, th- I think, like with you know, those two is uh, you know, are they are they built up to a certain workload? Uh, I, I think, like our biggest responsibility is is making sure they're healthy. We don't want to put them in, in stressful situations when they're not ready to go. And and uh, look, if pitchers are getting injured uh, all across the industry, but we need to do everything on our power to make sure that uh, that that we've dotted our eyes and crossed our t's. As far as you know, major league ready. Uh, we're looking for guys that can uh, command their fastball in in four different quadrants of the zone. That can throw a secondary pitch, whether it's curveball, slider, changeup, at at any time. Specifically, uh, when they're behind in the count, um, we're looking for guys to field their position and, and to control the running game and to be able to manage a game and be able to get through an order. Um, you know, two to three times, uh, especially for those young guys. So I think we kind of factor all those things in. And that, that, that's what some of the group will be looking for. How much have you thought about the uh, starting lineup? And can you give the Brown is back, faithful, or <laughs> who fits where? Yeah, I started thinking about it. And then I started thinking uh, AJ Preller and his crew, like I start writing it on the board, and then it constantly changes. So, um, look have a lot of flexibility in, in the lineup I think you know uh, I, I feel like if if we're ready to go out and play tomorrow like I feel good about it and there may be some additions or maybe some tr- subtractions uh, so I think like right now um, I haven't really put uh, I put things on the board I did it last week and then all of a sudden here came another player too and so um, obviously, I play things out. I talk uh, you know, with the staff on, on ideas, but I think like we're, we're going to have a chance to have a balanced lineup. Uh, we're hoping to have a group that's maybe on base a little bit more, a uh, group that can manage the zone and, and grind out at bats and certainly uh, defend their positions and run the base as well. And, and I think some of those additions that, that, that came in last week, and um, I, I think we have a lot of options out there.
0: You mentioned AJ uh, with the recent acquisitions. How much input do you get in those?
3: Do you want? No, we, we we sit in there and we 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 kick ideas, and uh, you know, uh, really, we're relying a lot of the uh, uh, the guys that are that are on the ground, uh, whether that's the scouts um, out there traveling, seeing them. Um, so it, for me, it's a lot of listening. Um, if there's players i've had in the past or ran ran across what well, we'll throw ideas down but that's where aj and his group's really good they um, they got a lot of resources and they do a good job of dividing up those resources and making sure that uh, we're kind of on the target areas that we need what's really important aj sounds like it's important speed Their guys obviously concerned Okay. No, not necessarily. I think uh, in, in, in today's game, I think there's opportunities to run. I think there's opportunities to grab uh, 90 feet, um, whether uh, we can pick up tendencies on a pitcher. Um, whether we're at second base and there's a left-handed batter, and the third baseman's playing in the six-hole or shortstop, um, but you know we're asking our guys. When I talk about speed, we're, we're we're talking about yeah, it's something that I think as a group we need to work on and and run. But we're talking about uh, just an active group that when they show up to the ballpark, that they're. Um, That they're getting their treatment in, that they're moving around, they're working on their flexibility, they're working on their, it can be speed, it can be power, it can be strength. Uh, We're looking for a healthy group that gets into the gym and uh, does some type of activity a day, whether that's lower body, whether that's upper body, uh, whether that's, you know, total body work or they're just out there to to foam roll and and get more uh, range of motion. Um, I don't I, I think it's important I think it's important that you know we're uh, we're active and we're healthy and it's no different you know I, I'm, I'm hoping that we can educate our guys on you know whether it's sleep or whether it's nutrition or whether it's hydration I think everything kind of goes you know hand in hand. there's no doubt that these players have a, a heavy travel uh, schedule it's a heavy, uh, schedule in the, in, in the major leagues, and so uh, we just want to do the best we can at, at educating them on, on how to stay healthy and stay on the field, which ultimately gives us a chance to be productive and win games.
0: When you talk about speed and the ability to, to, to get bags in, in today's game, how much of that, when you look at Fernando Tatis Jr., do you think that's
3: exactly the kind of guy I'm looking for? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think everybody's looking for that guy. Um, I, I don't even know how to define him. Um, super athletic, fast Uh, i think we were talking today at lunch um you know it's almost like he's elastic he's able to change his body and you see some of the slides at least i saw him on on the highlight uh videos but uh he, he he's an ultra talent uh huge ability and if he continues to get on base i think um i think he's gonna be able to push the envelope a little bit and uh you know he should be able to get himself into scoring position quite frequently
5: Aside from what he'll bring on the field, what, what, what do you think made
3: Tommy fans track to the front office and the US as manager? Uh, a, a ton of things. Um, watching him from other dugouts in the past, uh, I remember him from 2015. Um, he's a guy that each and every year seems to get better. He looks like a self-made man to me. Um, he uh, um, continues to, you know, shrink down. Uh, his zone. He he seems to have cut down uh, his strikeouts. He's a threat in the box. You start you start to talk to staff members. You start to talk to people that have played with him, um, and then you talk to him on the phone. He, he's got an edge. He's got a drive uh, to be great. He's got a drive to improve, and he wants to win. So um, excited to have that type of uh, you know player on our team moving forward as well. Are you looking for him to hold guys accountable given his track record experience? I'm looking forward to him just being himself. Rod Barajas is quality control
1: coach. Is he going to do more than just work with the catchers?
3: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to trust Rod on on quite, quite a few things. Obviously, the catchers, um, he's got a ton of history with uh, not only the team from last year, but he's had a lot of these guys as he came up in uh, AAA with. So we're going to rely on him. Uh, for quite a few things. Um, Our group, and my experience, the majority of them, uh, the ones that I've connected with, they speak really good English. Rod, uh, being bilingual, is going to help at that as well. Uh, But just being able to draw on all Rod's experiences, whether that's offensively, defensively, game strategy, I'm going to use him as a resource as well.
0: As a younger guy, he doesn't have as much experience as a lot of other big league skippers. Do you look to other sports, like a, a Sean McVay, i a uh, Matt or somebody who, or around sports who has had success as a head coach or a manager early on, or can you grab some, some tips on how to how to move forward with, uh, with taking over a uh, professional sports franchise?
3: You know, I haven't I haven't traveled and done that in a year or two, but I have had you know some time uh, in the past. I would travel around and maybe watch a basketball practice or watch a w- watch a football practice. Um, had the experience of uh, um, when I was with Texas, we went to. Uh, uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, training camp got to spend some time with Pete Carroll and and uh, no different we also went uh, one of one of our coaches when I was with Texas was Steve Bouchelle, who was roommates with John Elway uh, so when we did a Denver trip we got to connect with John Elway who gave us all access into a Broncos training camp years ago um, so I've had some of those experiences but to answer your question I haven't been able to do that in a year or two got time for one or two more
5: do you have any previous experience with uh, Bobby Dickerson
3: before he was hired, and how much of his experience with Manny do you think was behind his hire? Yeah, um, no, I, I didn't have any experience with him personally. Um, I saw him from across the field, um, and I had admired him. And obviously, when we had a chance to interview him for the bench coach job, um, you know, he—I was coming from winter ball. He drove in from uh, the, the Mexican League um met us late night we had dinner we talked we did an interview and you know we we immediately connected um probably the most uh assuring thing is uh once we announced that 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 bobby was going to be the bench coach and work with the infielders i probably got 45 to 50 texts from people that uh had played for him worked with him um you know it he's truly an expert at uh, at what he does he 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 gets uh, infielders better he gets ball players better and he's done a lot of things in the game and we look forward to to him to continue to do those things with the padres
9: Yeah, I think uh, I think Marty wanted me to deliver an, a, an opening statement. So, uh, the opening statement is uh, day three winter meetings. Uh, voice, voice almost gone, but uh, still, still no uh, no activity in terms of trades or free agency. So, any questions? There's nothing new and exciting to <laughs> Nothing. Uh, always new and exciting. Um, no, I mean I, I think I think again I think uh, you know it's just continuation in terms of in terms of uh, getting a chance to get an idea of where. Where uh, where we stand and, you know with with certain free agents where we stand from a trade, uh, for, from a trades perspective um, again I think some, some good information uh, in terms of uh, you know the ability to, uh, to to make news or anything like that um, you know uh, not right now but I think getting getting an idea of uh, what some impossible next steps are for us.
6: Would there be of adding another option?
9: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think like, like we've talked about, we feel good about the group we have there. Um, you know, we feel like we have we have depth and quality. Um, but again, I think the the roster is a work in progress. I think we'll see how the next uh, next few weeks play out, and um, you know, ultimately, I don't think there's any area that, that we feel like we need to line up on something. I think it's just going to be if we get if we get an upgrade, um, you know, or something that fits our club a little bit different. We you know we'll we'll continue looking at those different options.
1: And he's doing really well in the Dominican. Uh, where does he fit in
9: the future? Yeah, I think uh, you know. Honestly, it's it's, it's uh, you know it's been a couple of years. So I think sometimes it's you know you, you kind of forget that. Uh, you know about about franchi and his ability to impact the game um you know i think it's been really nice we're getting the reports every single night um you know i think just nice seeing him on the field from a health standpoint um you know and i, I think again like making up for some lost time i think we're hoping over the course of the next month he he gets a chance to play regularly uh, down in winter ball and you look up and he's got you know another hundred or so at bats and uh, and is in a really good place for spring training I'd expect him to i mean our conversations i' would expect him to uh to be ready to come in and compete and uh, and come in and make our decision hard and i think he's he's competing for a spot on our big league club and i think we'll uh, we'll use the next few months to kind of see where he's at um, you know from an ability standpoint play for the rest of the season down there yeah I think again i think we'll we'll see how uh you know how, how things you know end up uh, end up Going, I think it's kind of you know we'll sit there and, and week to week just kind of make sure that he's in a good place from a health standpoint, um, you know, and that he's still getting a lot out of out of playing every day down in down in down in Dominican. So I think every week, you know, we have our medical team checking in with them. Uh, Tingler will check in with him. He'll probably go down and see him play. Um, but yeah, I think I think from our standpoint, uh, you know, I, I think having him go get at bats, I think that's, that's important for him right now.
0: How close have you gotten? On <coughs> Kind of
9: yeah, I mean, there, there's you know there, there's some different things. Again, I think there's uh, you know some conversations where we're leading and uh, and trying to see if we can line up on others, or uh, we have the ability to make uh, make a few trades, and, and it's it's more of a decision that we've got to make. Um, you know, I think I think what we're we're looking to do is kind of get through get through the rule five tomorrow, um, and then we'll 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 look at some of the different options at that, that, that point. In total, um, sit down again as a group. Um, you know probably sit down with uh, with Ron and Peter and 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 give them some updates on where we're at and what what possible next steps are for us uh and then then move forward from there You expect to take any Yeah again I, I think uh I think we've you know with a full roster I, I think you know uh Young his group they do a good job of, of of knowing what's out there um you know I think at this point again I think we've 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 had some different uh, different situations the last few years where you know, you know, late into uh, the night before the rule five, we're making roster moves to free us up to be able to select somebody. Uh, we'll be prepared. We'll see where it goes. I think um, you know the expectation for us this year is, you know, probably like where we're at roster wise. Uh, you know, a little bit more than what's out there. But uh, you know, again, I think when it comes to the rule five for us, it's it's kind of a never say never situation. So we'll see how how the rest of the evening plays out. How much better do you think you've gotten, and how much further to actually contend? Yeah, we think we're better. Um, I think we have a more well-rounded roster. I think we've, uh, you know, we've addressed. You know, obviously, you know, bullpen with uh, with palm I think it's still an area we're looking to add to. Um, you know, in the rotation again, a lot of it is is going to be improvement of of, uh, of some of the guys that are that are coming back now, year two, year three. I think the health from a Lamette Richards, I think, is going to be really important with the Nelson Lamette and Garrett Richards coming back and being able to pitch for a full season. Um, you know, kind of continue to see the development of Chris Paddock. And then offensively, we feel like we're, we're you know we've got more options, we've got more uh, more ability to um, you know to have some different answers for clubs in terms of you know handedness, left-handed hitters, uh, some guys that complement um, you know Tatis and Hosmer and, and Machado. Uh, so we think we're better. I think we're we're realistic that uh, we still got still got some more things that we need to do uh, to really start to uh, you know get get to a point where we feel real confident about where we're going to stand going into next year. But we we definitely feel like we're a better club.
0: A the, way down the road, but um, you thought about guys you know, coming to Big League Spring Training and we're not on the roster
9: specifically? Guys like Gore, Pacino, um Yeah, we've we, we started those conversations. I think you know, I think for us, it's uh, you know probably get through the next few weeks, get through the new year, and then start extending invites to to guys in our own system. But we've internally we've started having those conversations, and we'll make some final calls here as we get into the new year.
2: What's the patience of your ownership group
6: this year as compared to the last couple of years?
9: yeah i think I think for us there's you know it's uh a, a overall i think you know on the same page in terms of ron myself Peter I think this is a plan that really started four years ago in terms of uh you know looking at this as a you know getting to a point in time honestly probably probably with the twenty twenty season that we had you know put together enough talent and and started to have those talented players get to the big leagues um together at a similar point in time have some payroll flexibility that we could use to add some pieces and then you know resulting in us. Um, you know, honestly, starting, you know, I think for us, the goal from when we started this process four years ago was to look at uh, at this decade as a decade that uh, we're going to be successful. So I think everybody's anxious to uh, to start to see that and start to see the move up the standings. Um, you know, but honestly, I think when you sit down with a plan, you never know exactly, hey, you know, we're going to time it up for this year, this point in time. Uh, but honestly, I think we feel like we're, you know, um, what we set out to do four years ago, we feel like we're in a good position, um, you know, to – to uh, to be successful here over the course of the next uh, over the course of the next five years plus and um, you know I think Ron Peter they share the same same feelings that uh, that myself and the baseball operations group uh, feels we feel like we're an improved club and gonna start uh, start playing some very meaningful baseball here. We're
5: Getting to know Bobby Dickerson how is he able to get the most like Manny Machado and how
8: would you expect him to apply that to the rest of your career?
9: Yeah, I think with Bobby, I think it's it's been uh, you know I've I've heard a lot about him over the years, and I think uh, getting to spend spend a lot of time you know on the phone, in person. Here, we've had uh, a number of different conversations, meetings with the coaching staff. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty easy to see why he's he's a uh, he's a special coach. He's got you know great knowledge, great content. Um, you know, his delivery to players, he's able to connect. He's uh, he's very direct. He makes it fun. Um, he's uh, he's very honest with players um so i think pretty quickly you see why you know a guy for example that that whole infield in baltimore you hear stories about you know jonathan scope and manny machado as young players jj hardy performing at a gold glove level chris davis performing at a, at a really good level in a team that uh, you know those years in baltimore every year seemingly was picked to finish towards the back end of the standings and every year ended up at the top part of the standings i think their defense was a big reason for that and um you know i think yeah, you know we, we've heard from about bobby and now in the last month getting to see it on a day-to-day basis um you know we, we expect him to be impactful for us
1: are the additional coaches just for this year
9: yeah, and I think part of it, too, I mean, I think part of it is it's, it's not necessarily additional coaches. I think, like, you know, Ryan Flaherty's role, um, you know, Ryan retiring and get on, getting off the field, you know, he's going to help us in a variety of different areas. He's going to uh, he's going to work on the advanced scouting side of it, so helping us from a game preparation standpoint. Um, and then he obviously has the ability to get on the field and, and, and work with infielders, work with base runners, throw BP. Um, you know, so, again, I think that's uh, – you know, that's a role that um, I think for us we've had different people in that role over the course of the last few years multiple people in that role I think Ryan has ability to uh, you know we're looking to to combine his on-field experience the ability to, to get out on the field with you know with you know with our players and help them get better but then also kind of to look at the game and help analyze the game and work with our front office you know staff um, to, uh, to make sure our players are really well prepared um, you know and, and I think so overall, you know, from a staffing standpoint, we'll be we'll be you know pretty much on point with this with the same number of of, of coaches that we've had the last few years. Um, you know, Rods Rods' role I think kind of specializing with the catcher is a little bit different, but for the most part, it's it's uh, it's pretty similar staff structure.
0: When the full start circulating, you're trying to move someone like Will Myers, trying to try and move an the edge.s and if that move doesn't happen, you have to concern yourself with maybe reaching out to those players, and mend the relationship. Are you concerned with things besides the individual just you know, being able to be trying
9: to be send off tomorrow? Yeah, I think the players understand that. You know, I think they use, you know this time of year, and then also at the trade deadline. I think uh, you know there's a lot of information out there. I think I said it today. A lot, a lot of the information, honestly. Um, you know, sometimes some things are accurate. There's just a lot of reports and there's a lot of, you know, inaccuracy to, to, to some of the things that are out there as well. So. Again, I, I think what, you know, myself, Jace, the staff, try to be very, uh, very open in communication. We'll go back, and you know, we've been talking to uh, to our, to the players here pretty regularly in the off season. We'll continue doing that with uh, with Will and, and Austin specifically. But it'll be more, you know, it's, it's all going to be geared towards how they're going to impact our club here going forward. What they're doing in their training, their off season program, uh, ways they need to improve, uh, ways they can impact our team. Uh, you know, getting their feedback on what they can do with our club. You know that's going to be that's going to be the conversation, and uh, you know I think they understand that.